Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Thursday, September 19th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Huawei tries to launch a flagship smartphone without a Google Net. Could Apple and Disney have merged? Some really interesting raises for Automatic and Stripe, but also an autonomous construction equipment startup. And why there now might be SSDs that are essentially fail-proof. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. No Google, no problem? Huawei has unveiled its 6.53-inch Mate 30 Pro flagship smartphone with a Kirin 990 chipset, 8 gigabytes of RAM, a 4500mAh battery, a 4G as well as a 5G version, depending on the market, and fast 27-watt wireless charging. But, crucially, no Google-licensed apps. Quoting 9to5Google, This is the first flagship to be released by Huawei since being blacklisted by the U.S. government. Therefore, it is the first new release to explicitly come without access to common Google Play services. Sideloading these services is likely to be possible, but it is unclear just how this will be possible for most non-techie buyers. The Huawei Mate 30 Pro does come with EMUI 10, which is based on the recently released Android 10. Although, as expected, this build does not come with any Google apps, end quote. The Mate 30 Pro also has a vibrating screen for audio, 3D face unlocking, an in-display fingerprint reader, and dual 40-megapixel cameras on the back, a third 8-megapixel telephoto zoom lens on the back, and a 32-megapixel selfie camera on the front. So basically, a year ago, we would be talking about this phone as potentially a global standard bearer. But without the Google Apps, it remains to be seen how popular this phone or any phone can be in, say, the European market. Huawei has built out its own Huawei mobile services store to get around the ban on using Google Play Store, which already has 45,000 apps in it. So I guess we're going to see pretty soon. GitHub has acquired code analysis tool SEML, which helps identify security vulnerabilities. SEML had raised $31 million in VC funding and counts Microsoft, Google, and NASA among its existing client roster. Quote, just as relational databases make it simple to ask very sophisticated questions about data, SEML makes it much easier for researchers to identify security vulnerabilities in large code bases quickly writes Shanku Niyogi, GitHub's Senior Vice President of Product, in today's announcement. Many vulnerabilities have the same type of coding mistakes as the root cause. With SEML, you can find all variations of a mistake, eradicating a whole class of vulnerabilities. Furthermore, this approach makes SEML far more effective, finding dramatically more issues and with far fewer false positives, end quote. So, yeah, not hard to imagine how GitHub could integrate such a suite of tools effectively. You might have seen this already, and it is a bit of a long read, but it's made some headlines, so no need to wait for tomorrow and the long read segment. Disney's CEO Bob Iger has a new book out, and part of it was excerpted last night in Vanity Fair. The piece in question is actually a fairly long and touching recalling of Iger's relationship with the late Steve Jobs. It was Iger, of course, that purchased Pixar on behalf of Disney, 
Lots of behind-the-scenes details here about that acquisition, about colorful things like apparently the only thing Steve Jobs hated more than video games, according to Steve himself, was comic books. The part, though, that has made the headlines is as follows, quote, With every success the company has had since Steve's death, there's always a moment in the midst of my excitement when I think, I wish Steve could be here for this. It's impossible not to have the conversation with him in my head that I wish I could be having in real life. More than that, I believe that if Steve were still alive, we would have combined our companies, or at least discussed the possibility very seriously, end quote. Now, obviously, some sort of Disney-Apple merger or acquisition has been something that has been speculated about quite often, ever since Disney started allowing its content into the iTunes store, and ever since Disney acquired Pixar, thereby making Steve Jobs and his family the largest Disney shareholders. But it is worth wondering, the directions that Apple has gone in in these last few years, this move to services, the move to basically, I don't know, getting into the content and Hollywood business, might that have happened sooner or more comprehensively? in a sliding door situation, would Steve have come to a similar vision for digital media and would he have been willing to tie Apple's fortunes more closely to those of his friend Bob? Quoting Henry Blodgett on Twitter, Mr. Iger means that he would have sold Disney to Apple? I personally doubt that Apple would have wanted to buy it. And as an Apple shareholder, I would have not wanted Apple to buy it. But who knows? End quote. Another unicorn has gone public. Datadog, an app performance monitoring and analytics platform, raised $648 million in its U.S. IPO, valuing the company at open at $7.83 billion. Now, if you are a longtime listener to this show, then you know that Datadog has been a longtime advertiser on this show, one of our first advertisers, in fact. So I do want to, you know, full disclosure that. But I would be reporting on this anyway because a $7.8 billion valuation makes it one of the more significant of the unicorn IPOs this year. Also, Datadog's stock popped 52% in its early trades, giving it a valuation of nearly $12 billion. So that's a good IPO. But also, it's not every day that you see something like this, quoting Bloomberg. Datadog recently received a takeover bid from Cisco Systems that would have valued it at significantly more than what it had expected in its IPO, people familiar with the matter said. Datadog rebuffed the advance to pursue the public listing because it felt it could be worth more as a public company over time, the people said. Datadog lost $13 million during the first six months of 2019 after earning $498,000 during the same period a year earlier. It reported a 74% gross margin on $153 million in revenue for the first half of 2019. That compares with a 78% margin on $85 million in revenue for the same period last year, according to its filings." End quote. Meal kit apps advertise on podcasts all the time, but did you know that Mealime is the most popular meal planning app in the world? Everybody eats, some just do it better than others. Have you ever had trouble sticking to a diet or wandered the grocery store aimlessly with no real menu in mind? Mealime gets you organized with quick and easy meals matched up with your personal dietary preferences. 
Just pick recipes for the week. Mealime builds you a shopping list with all the ingredients, and then it helps you cook. And guess what? Mealime integrates with Amazon Fresh and Instacart, so you don't even have to go to the grocery store at all. Let Mealime order the ingredients for you. Mealime will help you cook the ingredients, then you get to eat the ingredients that you wanted to eat in the first place. Mealime is M-E-A-L-I-M-E. It's a completely free app available in the App Store and Google Play. Or check out Mealime.com to learn more. Your busy weeknights are about to get so much easier because Mealime has made meal planning, grocery shopping, and cooking as easy as getting takeout. Mealime. M-E-A-L-I-M-E. Tomorrow, a big set of global climate strikes are scheduled to kick off around the world. That's not why you won't be hearing from me tomorrow, but more on that at the end of the show. Ahead of these climate strikes, however, Jeff Bezos has announced the Climate Pledge for businesses to commit to achieve zero carbon emissions by 2040, quoting VentureBeat. During a news conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. this morning, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, alongside former United Nations climate leaders, unveiled the Climate Pledge, where businesses commit to meeting the goals of the Paris Agreement 10 years ahead of schedule. Amazon will become the first signatory pledging to regularly measure and report greenhouse gas emissions while implementing decarbonization strategies through efficiency improvements, renewable energy, and materials reductions. Bezos also announced a new $100 million reforestation effort in partnership with the Nature Conservancy, the Right Now Climate Fund, as well as a new order for 100,000 electric delivery vans to move away from diesel vans. Coinciding with these, Amazon launched a new sustainability website to report on its commitments, initiatives, and performance. The aforementioned vans will come from Rivian, which plans to begin deploying them starting in 2021. Amazon led a $700 million funding round in Rivian earlier this year. Amazon plans to have 10,000 of these new electric vehicles on the road as early as 2022 and all 100,000 vehicles on the road by 2040, which it says will save an estimated 4 million metric tons of carbon per year by 2030, end quote. So maybe we will be getting those smiley-faced branded Amazon vans rolling through our neighborhoods after all. Interesting raise time. And I think you can see a theme sort of developing here. Not one that I'm creating to editorialize purposefully or anything. This just does seem to be what a lot of money has been going to lately. Built Robotics makes autonomous construction equipment and has raised $33 million as a Series B, bringing its total raise lifetime to $48 million, quoting TechCrunch. With the construction industry facing a global labor shortage, Built's aim is to allow one equipment operator to oversee a fleet of vehicles working autonomously in parallel, hopping in the cab only for tasks the machine can't handle. Rather than building its own vehicles, Built focuses on converting the popular construction equipment that's already out there. They sell a kit that straps to the top of things like excavators, bulldozers, and skid steers, taking tech like LiDAR, GPS, and Wi-Fi, and meshing them into the machine's innards to give it autonomous smarts. They sell the conversion boxes to other companies, help them get installed, then charge a usage fee whenever the machines are in autonomous mode. No one wants a 20-ton piece of machinery blasting around a construction site without a care for those around it, so the autonomous machines 
tried to keep a constant eye on their surroundings. Cameras on and around the vehicles are constantly checking for anyone who might stray too close. If something goes wrong and the machine starts to tip too much, or if onboard sensors detect that something is in the way, even underground, power gets cut. And there's a big red emergency stop button on the back of each machine and a wireless button meant to stay on the operator's desk for good measure, end quote. And actually, there were two headline-making raises today that were interesting, but these are companies that you've definitely heard of. First, Automatic, the company behind WordPress.com, WooCommerce, and soon Tumblr, has raised a $300 million Series D from Salesforce Ventures at a post-money valuation of $3 billion. Romain Dillette of TechCrunch spoke with Automatic head honcho Matt Mullenweg. Quote, back in 2014, 22% of the world's top 10 million websites used WordPress. There are now 34% of the world's top 10 million websites running on WordPress. I think there's potential to get to a similar market share as Android, which I believe now has 85% of all handsets. When you think about it, open source has a virtuous cycle of adoption, people building on the platform, and more adoption, Automatic founder and CEO Matt Mullenweg told me. While WordPress started as an open source blogging platform, it has evolved into a highly customizable content management system. You can use it to show a portfolio, build a restaurant website, run an e-commerce company, or even distribute news articles to millions of people. What we want to do is to become the operating system for the open web. We want every website, whether it's e-commerce or anything, to be powered by WordPress. And by doing so, we'll make sure that the web can go back to being more open, more integrated, and more user-centric than it would be if proprietary platforms become dominant, Mullenweg told me, end quote. And payments powerhouse Stripe might be the new biggest unicorn in the land, or at least very close to it, after raising $250 million from Sequoia Capital, General Catalyst, and Andreessen Horowitz at a $35 billion valuation, which would value Stripe above Palantir and even Airbnb. Quote, Stripe's technology allows internet companies and online marketplaces to accept credit cards for their goods and services and pay out money to the people and firms that sell on their platforms. It processes hundreds of billions of dollars in payments annually for millions of users, including consumer apps and websites such as Airbnb and The Real Real Inc. and makers of business software such as GitHub and Twilio. Investors view payments companies like Stripe as a way to get exposure to a basket of fast-growing public and private tech companies since Stripe's revenues are tied to its customers' growth. The market for payment services is also expanding as more commerce moves away from physical stores and toward digital storefronts. Stripe is, more than ever, a bet on the internet as an economic engine, said Will Gabrick, Stripe's chief product officer, end quote. And finally today, has Samsung unveiled a new SSD that could never die? Samsung released two new SSD lines that utilize the new PCI 4.0 interface, quoting from TechSpot. Samsung's PM1733 and PM1735 series come in 19 different models, covering the HHHL card type and 2.5-inch U.2 formats. Designed for use in servers and data centers, their storage ranges from 
0.8 terabytes, right up to a massive 30.72 terabytes. But the most compelling feature of these drives could be their fail-in-place, or FIP, software. It works by detecting any faulty NAND chips on the SSD, scanning for any damage, then moving the data into working chips. This means normal operations can continue even when errors occur at chip level. Enabling what Samsung calls a never-dying SSD, the drives, quote, also ensure endurance of one or three drive writes per day, DWPD, over a five-year period, end quote. The drives also come with Samsung's virtualization technology, allowing a single SSD to be divided into a maximum of 64 smaller SSDs, providing virtual workspaces for multiple users. They also feature machine learning tech to ensure superior data reliability, end quote. No word on pricing or availability yet. So, yeah, you will not be hearing from me tomorrow. Glenn Fleischman will be filling in because I have to report for jury duty. I hope to talk to you again on Monday, but you know how these things go. So, hopefully you'll be hearing from me soon. In the meantime, no weekend bonus episodes this week because of jury duty and other reasons. But, well, let's just say I hope it's not too long before we speak again. Have a good weekend. What do the latest smart digital scales, speakers, thermostats, and ovens all have in common? They can all be connected to and utilized over the Internet. One of the main ways companies are securing Internet of Things communications is by implementing a virtual private network. Take, for instance, Train, a world leader in air conditioning systems, services, and solutions. Train needed a way to securely monitor the health of critical HVAC systems all around the world in real time. They were able to do exactly that by creating a private network using OpenVPN Access Server. Train enabled their central monitoring center to carry out around-the-clock remote monitoring of more than 4,000 of their remote telemetry locations all around the globe. Train's equipment installers could quickly and easily deploy OpenVPN's VPN client software, plus OpenVPN's access server supported by some of Train's required advanced networking features along with an external MySQL database. That's just one example of a business using OpenVPN's robust, scalable access server VPN solution to secure its network resources and better utilize the Internet of Things. All access server downloads come with two free devices for testing purposes. So get started today by going to openvpn.net slash ride. That's openvpn.net slash ride to test drive access server for free.